and welcome to the first fan interview on questionable behavior. Mm. It's the name of the podcast, by the way. <laughs> we figured <laughs> that out. Yeah. And uh, so today we got one ping only. That's right. And um, thank you guys for being here. I do appreciate it. And um, I think we were just talking about your podcast, actually. Um, yeah, uh, me and Nate were doing a podcast for a while called Out of the Garage. Um, we were doing it in a studio in Grays Lake, Illinois, called iMaster. Yep. Mark Yoder. Mark Yoder was the was the guy who kind of ran the studio and did all the production on it. He also did our EP. That's how we ended up getting hooked okay. up with Mark. So it's not necessarily just a podcast studio. It's also kind of a musical studio. Oh no, it's a it's really a musical studio first. Okay. Um, just he was he found another way to monetize the studio was by doing podcasts, doing people's yeah, podcasts. Totally. Mm-hmm. So he was doing I think maybe two other podcasts besides ours. Yeah, he was time. doing a couple that were just interviews and 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 talking. They were they were just a standard kind of podcast, and we kind of took it a different angle where we were bringing bands in and they were playing acoustic songs as a part of the interview, right? Oh, and then did you guys like open up with that? And stuff? No, so like we had it structured, you know interestingly we would have about 15 minutes of interview and talking about it rich would drive most of that uh with his aggressive lawyer style questioning because i talk a lot (laughs) and and, uh then you know we'd have we'd have a session when there where they'd record it and uh you know mark would uh master it up after that and then any band that came in you know they had an opportunity to have a couple songs that were acoustically recorded and kind of came out that yeah go like the full nine with the recordings yeah, so they'd get you know the artist would basically get one take, right? You gotta you gotta do your do your take. Right. But then the thought was is that the advantage for the artist to come in and maybe to get some you know you know better artists to come in were to be that they'd be able to walk out with they'd have like two cuts of an acoustic track that they did in a studio. It sounds great, you know, great production value, all those things. So, it but like, it was expensive to do that, you know. Was yeah. it free for them and expensive. It yeah. was free for them. Okay. Yeah, we didn't charge them to come maybe in. Maybe our maybe our fatal flaw. Yeah, because then because <laughs> then we found we found Fiverr. Isn't that what it's called? Fiverr. Yeah, Fiverr. Fiverr. Yep. And and then I was like and then all of a sudden I was like, oh my god, we could have monetized the f out of this. Can we swear? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we could have monetized the fuck out of that. We really we could. Been, I, and 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 we're talking about rebooting it too. You know, I, it's the thing is, and and really, while while the acoustic and everything was interesting of it, it was. I really liked hearing about the insights of people who are doing things with their music, like you were talking about, which is really, you know, you'd get into the heads of people a little bit, and after an hour, you kind of, people start speaking more freely, and you kind of hear more about their process and everything. Um, we Don't had a great time. Yeah, we have an interesting process, I think. I, it's, it's evolved, for sure. Yeah. So when was the last, uh, last episode? When did we do that? It was last year. Last I guess year. we must have ended sometime in... October. Yeah, maybe October of 2017, something like that. Yeah, and it was, uh, was well, what was the band that what was the last band that we did? Oh my! Um, oh, uh, over the sun. Over the sun. Under yeah. the sun. Over the over sun. the sun. Over the sun with Bro Junker. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, that's the one I listened to actually. Yeah, they 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 were really good. They were interesting too because the one the one guy who was like the one guy on that episode he's like. 19 years old and already been married and divorced or something. And I was like, holy cow, dude. We didn't get deep You're going into way that. too fast, you know? Yeah, so I wanted to dig into that more, but... Yeah. I haven't got married once yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's a lot of life experience. For a 19. It's super accelerated. Yeah. You know? Yeah, maybe he wasn't 19, maybe he was 21, but yeah, it was really young. Okay. So. It was, it was, honestly, it was really good. Cause I, I'm a big podcast guy. I love sure. podcasts. And, uh, you know, you can definitely tell when people have kind of a natural banter between each other, which you guys seem to have. I think that's that's forged in the fires of songwriting, <laughs> arguing over how songs are supposed to sound. Then that studio experience—that was, 
I'll tell you what, that was an intense experience, wasn't it, guys? Yeah, because every every minute is five dollars or whatever, so you cherish what you've got. Yeah. You make well, sure and you do everything and get get the most out of every all the time you're there. You know, my takeaway from from one of probably the first session we were in there was, you know. I've been asking you guys how you want me to sing this stuff for the last year and nobody gave a damn and now we're in here and everybody's got an opinion. <laughs> and it's great because I think, you know, ultimately you end up with a better product, you know. In our band too, there's an interesting dynamic because uh, to this point, I've only written what a couple of lines of lyrics and I'm the lead singer. And Jeff is of course lead singer on a few of our songs as well. But most of the lyrics come from Rich and Jeff. So I'm in this interesting area of I'm singing it and I have to own it and feel it, but they have written a song that they have something they have heard in their head already. And that's... Actually, that brings up a question I was wondering, because I've, I've been trying to sing and write lyrics more myself, sure. and uh, I, it just doesn't come natural to me. So I was kind of wondering, if, is that something that just like, you have something you really want to say, and it's just kind of a natural thing for you guys to do, or do you have to like sit down and force yourself to kind of put the pen in the when I sit down and force myself to put pen to paper, it's a it's a disaster. Okay. Um, I am always disappointed. Like I, right now, I've got this one I've got this one progression, this one song written. Like the music for it's all written, it's all together. Um, but but every time I try to sit down and put lyrics to it, it ends up falling apart, and I just and it just drives me up a wall. As opposed to like I'll be like in the middle of the night, I'll just kind of like go. I like wake up and I'm like, oh my god, that's a song. And I'll jot down a few lines, and uh, and then all of a sudden it just takes off. And then sometimes it's like I had this one, um, this one riff that I had wrote, um, which was this real bluesy thing. It's on our EP now. It's called "Ain't Dead Yet." Mm -hmm. But the music initially was written, and I was, you know, trying to put lyrics to it, and there was the lyrics just kept being a mess. But then something happened in my life, and then all of a sudden I went, "Oh my God!" And then the lyrics just came right out and then and then it, it just happened so yeah and you know it's 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 funny with both Jeff and, and Rich you know they they have a lot of words in their music and it's been fun you know a big a big thing that I've had to focus on is where in the rhythm and the beat are they hearing where I'm coming in versus where am I hearing it coming in and finding a place where it matches up that's kind of what I, what I meant by getting to the sound that we're all looking for because I when I hear the music and I hear the words I'm automatically trying to fit it in okay how am I gonna where am I gonna start where am I gonna finish and I feel like at least half the time we're on a completely different planet for the first couple hours of working on a song and then it kind of comes together into something that we all like it's like grinding at first Mm -hmm. and it's almost painful I was talking wasn't I was just talking to you about this the other day you know I'll come in into practice, and Jeff will have a song uh, recently we're working on come out with me, um, which is a, a Jeff song, and I'm I'm generally speaking a really easy to get along with guy, but when we start working on this music, I get so frustrated internally, like because I want to hear it in my head and do it how I want to do it, and then somebody oh no no you should try this and oh and it's I know it's wrong of me to get mad about it right because we're all working together towards it I I just it's just so frustrating because we care you know and 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 it's definitely over the last couple of years it's been a gradual progression and i think to your point with out of the garage we out of the garage died off for us and immediately we've been hitting the gas on on one ping only since very aggressively so it's it's been kind of a shift in focus and it's kind of that thing where it's like you only have so much time you know what i mean yeah when you spread yourself too thin it kind of takes away from everything 
Yeah, I mean, all yeah. of us have full-time jobs. We're all engaged with what we do, you know, and have a lot yeah. going on. And um, trying to balance all that, I think, is all very interesting for all of us. Yeah. So. And between a lawyer and a politician writing all the, the words, you end up with a lot of words. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, there's That's a lot of words. just a natural a lot of words. Yeah, totally. So. totally. But I will say the, the one thing for uh, 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 bands that are in a situation, that, a similar situation to where, that we're in, uh, I don't know, when we talk to some other uh, guys or uh, women that are doing this, uh, they're usually pretty amazed that uh, we've been pretty good about consistently getting mm. together, like, you know, basically practicing weekly, uh, writing music and all that kind of stuff, which, again, if, if you're adults with families and you have uh, other jobs and all these other commitments, right. it's really hard to put as much time into, uh, you know, a band as creative endeavor that we all, like, love. And we've been, yeah, and we've been together, I mean, the, the actual, the bands, right. the concept of the band, my idea for the band came about in, like, the end of 2012. Um, and Nate and Jeff were on it first, um, and then Nate went away, took a sabbatical, and, uh, and then the drummer that we had initially, he decided golfing was more important than the band, and so he quit, so then we added Eric, brought Eric into the band, and so Eric, and, but Eric's been with the band since maybe, what, 2014? Spring of 2014. Spring of 2014, something like that? So then, basically, we've been the same, <laughs> we've been the same band then. All the way through to today, you know. So yeah, I I I had a work sabbatical. I had I had to focus on what I was doing there, and that goes right back to what you have to focus on. And stop barking, Nate. <laughs> Just spit it out. It can't be helped. It can't be helped. Nate, bork, bork, bork. Nate is bork. his inner dog right now. I have Shut three. That dog up. I have three Shut that dogs dog and. Up. and Oh, it's a corgi too. Yay! Yay! Hey. Hey. This is the dog that you thought was a jerk. All dogs. I had a I had a dog for a long time that uh, was the biggest asshole on the planet. And uh, I loved him because he was an asshole. What was makes that... a dog an asshole? He's I'm gonna steal my. He gonna uh, yeah, yeah. Um, only. He's, he's, once you're in, you're good. But mm -hmm. he might give the ankles a nip when you're walking in the door. Sure. You, you, you're oh, all fine now. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> We're already here. <laughs> yep. This is a good, this is our life now. Protecting this domain. That's right. But no, I think, speaking for myself, you know, the band has really become a pivotal part of my life yeah. over the last couple cool. years. And um, it, it gives us an avenue. You know, I'm an IT manager. And, you know, that that's a very analytical day-to-day -day job right, right? right and um the, yeah and the band gives me kind of a place to just creatively express blow off some steam yeah. um yeah. i think just a few weeks ago we were all talking via text and i said wow it's the weekend and it's not a practice day i'm i'm really bored i'm bored i didn't know what to do with myself you know um you know these these next two weekends you know starting with this weekend are, are really busy for us you know we have a gig next week at sylvie's um which is is going to be Where's a Sylvie's on uh, Irving Park, Irving Park? Yeah. 1900 okay. West Irving Park, which is a big, you know, it's a great gig for us. Um, we're looking forward to that. And then the next day, we're over, yeah. we're yeah. over at uh, a friend of ours, Zip. Uh, he runs kind of a studio out of his home, nice. and we're gonna start recording our next album. Are we allowed to talk about that? Yeah, we can talk about our album. I don't see why not. Coming up, uh, we got a, we're starting recording on the Purveyors of Dive Bar Rock. 
you guys, you guys just came out with, is it Deep Space? Yep. In Deep Space is our EP. Okay. Um, and, uh, since 2018 on Spotify, is that... Is that more recent music, or is that 2017, actually? Yeah, we recorded it in 17. We didn't get it on Spotify until 18, because we were waiting on somebody to finish the artwork. And then... uh... (laughs) 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 No, but that's... But the music on there, the music on, on In Deep Space was probably... I mean, it's a combination of some of the... Several years old. Well, it, the song "Deep Space" was one of the first songs I wrote, mm-hmm. and then um, "Along for the Ride" was real, real yeah. early. Well, and that's something interesting. I think is recently, you know, until now, until probably the last few months, all of the music that we've been performing and recording is music that was written oh, years okay. ago and performed over the course of more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I, it's put me in a strange and fun situation here recently where. Now this is all, a lot of this is fresh, right? The stuff that we're recording now is things that we've all written together as the four of us or has been more recent. And it it creates, uh, it's a different feel for me, especially. Um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but kind of as you get older and just through time, what you're playing just starts becoming different. Mm -hmm. As you listen to different music and it's, it it, it kind of becomes like a, a relic of a part of your life, right? Right. And then it's like, once that's kind of behind you, it's like. Well, like I hear, like, know. like now, like I'll listen to what we what we recorded with with the EP in Deep Space and speci- specifically Deep Space, and I listen to the way I play it on <laughs> on there. And what I actually do now when we're playing it live is is quite different, really. Yeah. I do a lot more, put a lot more uh, uh, spattering of sparkles and things in there it than was I did. As a power trio song. First. Right, it was. It really wasn't written no, for for. Right. I call it spackling. With the, with the with Nate coming back to the band and playing guitar with two guitars, it basically gets it, it gives me a lot more room. Yeah, right? one of the things I was excited about is oh, with the second guitar, you can have a, you can have one guitar that's really just holding down the, the rhythmic foundation. Right. right. Uh, you know, with and the that's... bass and the drums, uh, and, and then it gives. Uh, it gives uh, Rich, in particular, the ability to do spack. I call it spackles. You right, know, it's right. like you spackle something in there. It's you nice know, little, nice little thing. And that's uh, evolved can, rapidly you now. You can do little guitar lines uh, mm-hmm. at various points in the uh, in the song, which really help. To me, those are uh, instru- I call them instrumental hooks. Uh, yeah, if you come totally. up with something really good, uh, which Rich is really good at, quite frankly, uh, then you know when you're listening to the song. Those are the kind of things that are like, oh, where's that little part that comes in with that little cool little guitar yeah. Yeah. sound? So if you find yourself looking forward to hearing it when you're listening to it, that means it's good. That's, right. that's, my, uh, that's my test or, uh, <laughs> uh, of it. It's the same thing with vocal uh, yeah. kind of hooks and stuff like that. Oh, uh, he says this at this point in the uh, song, and I really like that. If you're looking forward to it, and that's yeah, that is good. And that's actually a frustration of mine is my voice continues to change rapidly. I've only yeah. been singing like this for the last couple of years, and like I'll listen to In Deep Space now, and I'm like, man, bummer, because I sound I think I sound better now live than we do on the recording, you know. So with a lot of men, especially, I think their voices change wildly as they get older. Yeah, it, not well, just in puberty. <laughs> yeah. I'm not quite that young anymore, unfortunately. While I am a younger version of Jeff, I'm not that young. But no, it's it's my technique is getting better. You know, I'm I'm more I'm more 
of an instrument with my voice now than right. I was when I started, you know? So, um, I was listening to Tom Waits actually yesterday, and I think I was listening to his first record, and it's like, who's that guy? Yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it sounds nothing like he does now, you know? You can't even tell it's the same person. I only know gravelly Tom Waits. Is there like Tom yeah, Waits, exactly. like, what is he, a crooner or something? I mean, he sounds like he's singing, actually, instead of, like, the... Mm. I, don't, I don't even know what call he's doing now. Yeah, what you get just gravelly. I, mean, I, I kind of like, like it. It's he's probably, one. like, kind of an esoteric thing to, mm -hmm. like, his you know, more modern stuff, but... Yeah. That's what? funny, Dylan. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan, yeah, no. His voice changed dramatically. Dylan too. came up, I don't know, a couple months ago, and I, I, my only exposure... I grew up playing clarinet. You know, I, I went to college to be a clarinet performance major, and I did not have a lot of exposure to classic rock or a lot of, you know, it was it was Christian music and, and classical music for me growing up. And Dylan, my only only real exposure to it was in college, and my roommate made, you know, I, he made me, quote-unquote, listen to some Dylan. And, of course, he must have picked, like, the most out-there Dylan, like, to, to have me listen to. And I was like, this is crap. I don't like this at all. A couple months ago, uh, Eric made a comment, and I kind of disparaged Dylan, and he looked at me like I slapped him, and I, I and I, I felt bad about it, and I was like, you know what, I should, uh, I should give it a retry, and I'll tell you what, it really, um, what was the, I, now I forget, it was the story of the boxer in the name of the song, I don't remember, um, but it really impacted me, and I remember texting, texting Eric, like, all right, I take it all back, I get it now, you know, and, and. It's 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 been a journey for me just from a music perspective over the last few years as we've hell I still remember when you gave me my garage rock homework when I rejoined the band go listen to these fifteen songs yeah. this is what we're looking for you know it's and it it, it really uh, has changed things I think we're finding new sounds every every new song now with OPO we've really focused on that um, you know we're we're adding some new effects to things. Uh, and, and really, guitar pedal guys like I am I love I love playing with to tones you know we're we're very much an orange amp band that's what Rich had when I joined and when I wanted a new amp I went and got an orange as well cuz I was like hey match the tone and, and ever since it's been now yeah, we're I'm, I'm I was a big pedal guy I had like every pedal on the planet for a while and then um, I took all my pedals and I sold them and I got one of those line six things mm -hmm. that you're supposed to program and it's like you could. Is it like a rack thing? Yeah, no, it was like it was a it was pod. like a pedal board. Yeah. It was a pod, and you could step on it and and like you could digitally insert different pedals into different locations, and like I could not figure that thing out for the life <laughs> of me. It took so much programming. Yeah. It took like you needed like a degree in like electrical engineering to figure out how this thing worked or computer science. <laughs> so it was too much for me. I was like. Screw this, I took that, I sold that, I started buying all my pedals back, and then I was like, you know what, truth is, I only really want three pedals, and what it comes down to now, that's what I use. I use a Boost, I use my Big Muff, mm -hmm. and then I use, uh, I'll use my, uh, I was using a Whammy pedal for a while, a Digitech Whammy, mm -hmm. to go up an octave, right. and that's all I was using it for, was to go up an octave, and then I was like, well that seems like a lot of space, so then I got a Micropog, and so that takes a lot less space on the pedal board. For other pedals that I don't use, but well, you're uh, using the tremolo now on Doctor Sin. Just on that, I just but you know. Um, other than that, we're using know, more. Uh, we're using more wah throughout a few of our. Songs. Yeah, I do use a lot of wah actually. So the crybaby wah, but other than that, it's not like yeah. I, we don't go crazy because that's not really the type of music we're doing mm -hmm. either. We're not really. Well, know. the other thing is, is when you spend as much time together as we have, and uh, uh, you know, played and practiced as much as we have, which has been great. Other bands that I was in in the past. Uh, was really hard to just have a regular commitment uh, so yeah, it's hard to progress so it, you know a, a lot of uh, 
other bands that saw us, uh, you know, four years ago, five years ago, and compared to now, or uh, friends of ours that regularly attend, I get the comments of a lot of like, oh, wow, you guys are, you know, the way you sound compared to the way you did three years ago, just execution-wise, uh, is you're, you're a lot tighter, you sound a lot better, you, you sound like a real band. And, and that's all. You sound like a real band. Yeah, you sound like a real band. Uh, or wow. whatever. Who knew that was so hard? But I mean, you can't just get four guys and make it happen. You have to do more than just that. Yeah, yeah. And and if you really want to develop, uh, I think if you want to develop a really kind of cool original sound and a dynamic and a, and a band identity, that's a really good way to to do it. Uh, yeah, hours together. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when we when Eric joined the band and it was just uh, uh, Rich and I and Eric. Uh, and uh, no offense to Eric, he he, he was not a uh, he was not a drummer yet. Uh, he had great rhythm, and he was uh, he was learning his right. instrument. Right. And, uh, That's very true. I was a boom chick guy. I was like, ah, this is about what I can do, and they welcomed me in any way. Um, I don't know why, and I was I was so grateful. And, and then I I was able to practice with them and go beyond boom chick to boom chick crash, and boom chick crash ride 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 ride. <laughs> And blossom to level five, which is where I've been stuck for a while. <laughs> well, he's uh, uh, he's. But real. no, genuinely, this is my first band. I've never been in a band before, and I only knew like the most rudimentary parts about drums, like the basics to keep the rhythm. Mm. And right. but yeah. like Jeff's saying, you know, you you kind of I grew with the band, and the sound kind of grew with it. And, um, and for the most part, we're not doing anything it. beyond four. Four four time, and you know, I mean, we're just yeah, we're not look at we're just, we're coming at you, we're trying to come at you like direct and hard and there's not we're not we're not hiding anything it's right. not like some kind of game you know it's not like mm -hmm. we're not like putting a lot of secret meaning into lyrics we're kind of just we kind of just put it all out there you know it's not really uh you know we're not trying to we're not trying to pretty you into going oh wow that's so nice you know yeah. no you're really right i mean i i actually i just saw this new thing got released it's like a new take on the ebo right i i, I forget the name of it but it's this thing you put over and it makes a wah, wah, wah kind of uh, tone it's yeah, I, and I, it sounds really cool, and I was like, man, I should, I should, eh, we'll never use it. <laughs> no, and I've stopped buying certain pedals. Like, I, I used to have a lot more pedals. I recently traded a whole bunch of crap in to get a Strat, and I love that Strat. But, um, I, I, man, it's nice. Um, but now I'm asking myself, okay, before I buy a pedal, what are the odds? If, if they're under 50%, I don't even look at it again. You know, it's, we're, we're pretty straightforward. Well, my, my thing with pedals is I, I love all the cool effects. I don't discourage people who, you know, really make it a part of what they do, but I think for me is when I force myself to only buy X amount of pedals, it makes me be very deliberate with the sound I'm going for yep. and very intentional, you know what yeah. I mean? You're right. And um, I, uh, honestly, I just like the sound of a clean guitar, too, and like fuzz and some delay. It's like, what else do you really need besides that? Yeah. You know, that's what I'm. That's what I'm using at home in my 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 home practice rig now. I, I really, and a looper. <laughs> Gotta have a looper. I mean, my, for home practice. Yeah, yeah but definitely. but <laughs> I I you know fuzz. Really, for me, it's just fuzz. I don't even need the delay so much. Yeah. I'm just you like, get, I'm, I'm, you know, get a give delay me on there. Nah, you know, pop pop that on for your solos. Trust me, makes it bigger. Fuzz. I was a big like metal overdrive kind of guy for yeah. a while. And then the more I just kind of got into like Doyle Brommel and like Jimi Hendrix, mm -hmm. I was like, Buzz. Yeah, yeah. This is what I want. This is what I like. Yeah. I just stick with it. Yep. You know? So, how uh, did you guys even meet each other, actually? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, 
I was I was surfing Craigslist looking for a band to join after I started pick play, I picked up the guitar and having grown up playing classical music my whole life, it was the next most obvious thing was okay find more people to play with. And I found this post that looked somewhat interesting. So I, I had been in, I was a cover band guy out in the suburbs forever, right? And it was like you'd bounce from cover band to cover band. I've done it all. And um, I was in this cover band, and I, and I started getting a little bit fed up with the whole process because the people that are out there in the suburbs that are playing, you know, they tend to be, I don't, there's a very lot of, there's, there's, yeah, well, that, and they're not very flexible, you know, so it's like I was in this one, and it was like, you know, the the ad I responded to was like, "We're going to be a '90s like grunge cover band." I'm like, "Okay, cool, I can play '90s grunge." And so, uh, you know, I respond, and then we meet, and the one guy's like, "Okay, I'm not playing any Nirvana," and the other guy's like, "Okay, I'm not playing any Pearl Jam," and I'm like, "Well, what '90s grunge are we going to do if we're going to X out two of the biggest grunge bands of the '90s?" You know, so I, you know. There's it's a lot obscure of obscure '90s. Yeah, obscure rock. '90s grunge rock. What the hell are we Not doing? A bad thing, no. Um, and so, I was in this. So this, this, the last cover band I was in, and what really fed me up was, um, we had this bass player. He was a nice guy from the suburbs. You know, he's like me. You know, he had a job. You know, he's family, kids, and uh, we were we were covering Danny California. And at the and he was the bass player. And at the end of Danny California, there's that bass, like solo riff thing outro. And we're practicing the first time we ever practice it. And he like does it. And I don't know. For me, it was perfect. Yeah. Right. I was like, I can't believe you did that at all. Yeah, let alone you know get it close. I was like, holy cow, that's awesome. And then the the one guitar player is like. Dude, you missed like four different notes in it. And the drummer starts picking on him too. And I'm like, oh my God, you motherfuckers. He's not Flea. We are not the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Nobody's going to notice if he missed four notes or, or not. Or care. Or care. Yeah. They're drinking, you know. See, Rich doesn't have to worry about that with me playing bass. <laughs> <laughs> there, there aren't any issues about like, oh, you played that's like so perfect. It's amazing. <laughs> so, so, um. So I was like, that's it. And I was like, I don't know. So what was that? That was 2012. So I was, that's six years ago, yeah. right? Six years ago. So I was like 40 years old. I just turned 40. And, uh, you know, I had done it all. I had drummed in a Weezer cover band for a while, a Weezer tribute band for a while. I, I did acoustic bands. I did electric bands. I did everything. And I was like, you know what? And they all fell apart. And they were never pretty when they'd fall apart. And I was like, okay, I can't take this anymore. Right. So I went, I went, I'm going to... Just, you know, I got to do something, right? Mm -hmm. So for the first time in my life, I wrote a song. And I had never written a song before in my entire life. And uh, I was like, wow, that was a really neat process. But now I've got this song. Now what do I do with it? Mm -hmm. And um, you need a band. You need a band to play it, right? So I started looking for a band. And, um, you know, I was going through the Craigslist thing and and found Nate that way. Um, But I was having trouble finding anybody else. And, uh, and I found, um, so we had, where we were living, we had this, uh, this community email service. And I put it out there. I'm looking for a bass player. That guy emails, responded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I so, also responded so, to that email. Did you? I, but but <laughs> I ignored you. So I, uh, so, I, uh, so I hook up with Jeff and Nate. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, we we had a drummer at that point, didn't we? We did. So we went through a couple at that point. So One of them drummers. still lives very close to me, and I, I I'd actually ended up jamming with him a little bit afterwards. Did you? So, um, so we um, so they all get together, and uh, we all get together, and the first time that you play your own song, it's like amazing. It's like giving birth. We we never played the the song ever again. I don't think. Uh, I don't even it? know. I'm trying to remember what it, it was. It was like something about. Um, song that, uh, you know what? I bet I could pull it up in email. I, I'm sure I got it somewhere. I don't even. Yeah, you're right. I don't even remember the name I'm of the song. To... It was stupid and sappy, and it had way too many words, and it was way too long. It was probably oh, yeah. a you know a borderline opus at five minutes, and um, and I remember the riff was weird. It was awkward. Love awkward riffs, don't you, Eric? I. And they're fun to work around. <laughs> we could spend another five minutes on that if you want. Uh, but. Um, um, Did she use the bathroom? Oh yeah, um, we got one right here, or that one upstairs is probably a little cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, so we, we, we do this, um, we do this song for the first time, and I was just like, this is amazing. Why would I want to do anything else? And so uh, we started. You know, I, I really focused in on that. And um, you know, when you're writing your own music, and you know, it's kind of like your band at that yeah. point, right? And so it doesn't really matter if people come and go, I thought. But then as it turned out, it seemed like we had an easier time getting people to stick that way. Right. You know, it was like we had this, um, you were able to bring people in and they had their original ideas and you guys were all working together and it's, it was way more collaborative than trying to stand on the shoulders of other musicians, right. you know. Yeah, I mean, personally, I don't, I, I've never had any interest in being in a cover band. I mean, I like seeing them, but yeah. um, I mean, I, I just, I've always wanted to do, like, be creative and write. Yeah. You know, like that, you know. Yeah, that, it was that, that was my situation. So uh, when that uh, email came through on our neighborhood list, I responded to it and, and I talked to talked to Rich and everything. I was excited about it. That's the dog you hear trying to <laughs> go up the I, yeah. you know, spiral it's, staircase. It's funny. I I had almost the polar opposite experience. So I you know, what's funny is a lot of guitarists go through that phase where they learn the cover songs. They they go join a couple cover bands. I skipped the cover part. Like, when I talked to you, I had only just gotten out of another original heavy rock band out of Palatine. Um, and, you know, that just, they were younger than me, and all they wanted to do was drink and play. And I love those guys. They're still great Covers friends of mine. Originals. All originals. That's cool. And I, you know, I was not up to snuff. You know, I wasn't ready. And, right. and so I left, and I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on cover songs and this and that. And I don't know, a few months, and I, I focused on becoming an acoustic guitarist and a vocalist. So I was just looking for anybody to jam with, and then this guy, I talked to him on the phone, and when I got off the phone with him, I realized I just basically committed to joining a band that is kind of the opposite of what I intended to get myself into. Um, but I liked it, you know. And and even today, I, you know, ask me to ask me to play any classic rock song that ninety percent of guitarists could play, I'd be like, uh, I never learned it. Definitely a good learning experience. Yeah. Very fun, but there's a certain fulfillment that comes out of being original mm -hmm. yeah and even even though you know obviously chord progressions get used and used and used in many different songs it's the way i kind of look at it is the chord let's call a chord progression like a canvas sure. and then you kind of put your own personal stamp mm -hmm. on the stuff a million other people have written over yeah. well that, that's i mean yeah, that's why you can't copyright you can't copyright a chord progression exactly well i mean similar to your situation uh the key thing, uh, the key thing about joining this band, what Rich was trying to put together for me, was that it was all original. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't have, any, I don't have any interest in playing covers. I never played in a cover band. Mm -hmm. I had an all original band back in the '90s. I managed uh, bands back then, 
uh, even was in the record industry in the big 80s for a, a little bit of time. But uh, for me, but that all ended in 1998, uh, you know, and just moved to the suburbs, raised a, a family and all that kind right. of stuff, and I literally hadn't played bass or done anything really musically, uh, you know, for well over uh, 10 years. So it was, when, uh, when that uh, email came, and then when I talked to Rich, and he was like, yeah, I'm looking, at it. it's, a, it's a all original and everything, I'm like, dude, you know, let's uh, let me come and play with you and everything yeah. because uh, just like we were saying before, uh, when you're uh, when you're creating, when you're writing music and everything, you need a vehicle, uh, at least for rock and roll music. <laughs> the best I'm I play bass and I write music and do some singing, uh, but I'm not a guitar. I don't really play guitar. These mm -hmm. guys will uh, vouch for that. For me, if I've got it's to, true, he does not play guitar. Yeah, I, I just I, I've just never really you know, taking the time to kind of learn how to do some of that stuff. But for me, it was the same thing with the band I was in years ago with uh, other friends of mine. If I've, if I've got uh, a guitarist that I could work with yeah. to, help, uh, uh, to help make my, uh, my songs a reality or, you know, writing songs together and everything, which well, it's, uh, it's funny it's how really you might cool. have an idea and then you bring it to your band. Yeah. And it turns in, it's the same, but it's also very different. Where you saw it going and much better. Yeah, yeah no, there's always. No, yeah, most <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot some, of times. Sometimes, I mean, uh, I, honestly, in one thing only, we, we've. It's uh, uh, well, Rich is writing most of the uh, music right now, like more self uh, self contained. But uh, but we've got music that uh, we've got music uh, that uh, that Rich and I have done together. Uh, songs that I've done just myself we've got songs that Rich has just done himself we were actually it was um, kind of cool that recently uh, when we released the EP you know you're, you're pushing it wherever you can right and um, we've got a couple of songs on the EP that are definitely more blues leaning mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, I was like god where do you get blues music played you know <laughs> well I mean live live places yeah I'm talking about but on I'm saying radio. like on the radio or something yeah. right you got this recorded thing so I was like well where are you gonna where are you gonna play it and uh, I have serious satellite radio I was like, well, B.B. King's Bluesville, you know, Tony Coulter. So I'm like, uh, so I, I go online, I find Tony Coulter's email address, he's a DJ there, and uh, I just, uh, you know, send him an email with, uh, with an MP3 attached of, of our song, Along for the Ride. And he goes, he goes, wow, this sounds really good, um, you need, but for me to play it on the air, you have to send it, you have to send in a CD. Okay. I'm like... Wait a minute. He responded. Right. You know, I was like, you know, he was like, "Sent." It was. This sounds really good. Here's the address. Send it to me. Put it to my attention. Blah blah. And I'm like, and we'll decide whether to what? play it or not. Yeah, I'm like, S really? Oh, okay. You know. So so. You're uh, responding. Yeah, you're responding. You're you not know? saying no. I'm calling him Mr. Coulter, and he write, He's writing back. You know, you can call me Tony. And I'm like, okay, Mr. Coulter, because uh, I still want to show like a certain level of respect, yeah, totally. right? And so, um, yeah, you know, I, but it goes to show you too. It's like you, um, you never really know um, what's, uh, possible. You, what's possible. You know, right. you take a chance. And I and like I what what I like to say is right now. I know like a lot of people lament like the music business now, right? It's like yeah. it's like oh, you know, we can't make as much money now as you could before. Well, that very well might be true, but from my seat, mm -hmm. this there's not there's been no greater time in music because it's the most democratic time. That's the way I. You know, I heard someone say, um, 
forget his name off the top of my head, but he was saying, you know, for a long time, musicians, they didn't make their money on records. They made it playing live. Right, right. Touring. Yeah. And it's kind of gone yeah. back to that a little yeah. bit. Right. You know, if you run your own stuff and you can manage yourself with the streaming aspect, you can probably make a decent amount of money doing that. But we, uh, money's playing live. Well, yeah. What and Rich is saying is definitely true. When I was in the business, being a, a regional and a local uh, uh, promotional guy, uh, I worked for uh, A&M Records at the time. This is like 1988, 87, 88 was uh, the time. But it was exactly the situation you're talking about. We had an awesome music scene, local music scene here in Chicago. But getting, uh, but getting the A&R guys for the record labels, even the independent labels, which were supposed to be more hip and uh, uh, into it, Getting them out of New York and L.A., and at that time, Minneapolis, was impossible. It was impossible. So you had a whole really cool scene going on uh, here in Chicago. And those of us that were in that scene or worked, uh, worked at these labels or other places were like, oh, there's so much good music here. And so many great bands. And, we, you know, we can't get, they can't get the time of day because the guys in New York and L.A., they just weren't interested in, frankly, doing their jobs, right. uh, you know, to the full extent that they needed uh, uh, to do it. So the advent of this technology has just made the ability to, you know, kind of uh, make those scenes, uh, uh, spread the music and make those. Yeah, scenes it's 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 more really it's, it's really it's really liberating because believe me, it was. It's I, the I, time. I, I mean, it's the time of the garage band, really. Yeah. Now you know it's like because we, us four idiots, put an album out. You know, we, we went into a recording studio and we got a nice professional recording, really. You know, mm -hmm. we, we spent money, you know, and, and there's a lot of other people that can't. But we spent money and then we took our music and we put it on, we put it on Spotify. And lo and behold, you know, we've got, we've got a song on Spotify that's got, I don't know, 29,000 plays since like sometime in March. Yeah. And, um... Uh, uh, it's been heard all over the world. I mean, it's like people in Hong Kong heard the song Deep Space. I'm like, what in the world is going on in Hong Kong? And how did that happen? You know, you know, you just and, and it's just and it's a little bit, you know, you got to learn a little bit from from, you know, if you want to get your music hurt, there are ways to get your music hurt. Um, yeah. And and, you know, you got it. But you got to push yourself a little bit. You know, it's like you got to sit there and you got to send the, the stupid email. And you gotta, you know, you, you can't gotta just work. you gotta you work. Gotta you gotta put a little bit of work in, you know. Yeah. And and you know, quite honestly, too, the other part of it too is like, so you know, it's like the Spotify playlist thing. You know, there's a way to there's a way to get yourself onto a playlist. And so I got Deep Space onto a playlist for a week or something like yeah. that, yeah. you know, and it got heard all across oh, yeah. the all across the world. And then as a result of that, the song got picked up by three other playlists because it was a trending song. And so, you know, it's like all of a sudden it was like on three or four different playlists and it starts, you know, people are playing it all over the world and then it drops off, of course. Mm -hmm. But but it, um, you know, it, it, there's definitely there's an ability to get yourself heard and out there. And well, and we're exploring for you. Listen to Uncle Rich because he's exactly right. <laughs> and actually, that's that's the way it hasn't changed. father has spoken 30, yeah. 40 years ago because it was uh, even with the different model back in the 70s, uh, uh, 80s, or whatnot well, that I was just talking about, it was the same thing. Uh, a band would come into town, uh, and they had gotten a record deal, yeah, and, uh, and they were going to play at a local venue, and, uh, and a bunch of us were going to be out there promoting them. 
uh, or whatnot. Uh, and a lot of times I would be hanging out with these bands or I have to take them uh, different places. And, uh, and here was the thing. You could tell which bands were going to have some kind of, were going to stick and have a little bit of long-term success and which weren't. Mm -hmm. Like I would know if I picked up a band from a hotel and I had an 18-year-old drummer that was already giving like attitude about like, why do we have to play a cabaret metro with, uh, with three other bands, <laughs> you know? And it was like, we've got a record deal. Like we, you know, that, that was the thinking. And I was like, dude, you just don't get it. You know, yeah. you need to be thinking, how do I make sure that we're successful enough that the label doesn't flip and drop us right. in like nine months? Because yeah. I said, that's where you're heading right now. So yeah, you go to Met Cabaret Metro on a Wednesday night and you play with three other bands and you work your brains out uh, so that you can get to do another record, right. you know, and build on some success. But well, what I'm getting at is you got to work. You, yeah, you, you right. got to work because believe me, a, a record deal back then, uh, the, the model was basically we're going to sign 10 bands out of, you know, 500 trying to get a, a deal. We're going to sign 10. We're going to throw that against the wall like a glob of mud and maybe one or two of them will stay. Well, and that's, that's and that's what, what we're doing, and and, mm -hmm. and and we know, and Jeff is is band dad. He's the dad of dads. We're all dads in the band. He's 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 he's. I've embraced this this. Um, you know what we're doing as a he band. He gets us to places on time. And exactly. Um, and make sure we're fed. Make sure and, we're fed. And beard. I mean, that's tough to argue with, right? But no, it, what we're doing now, right? New album. We're starting over at you know new studio. Yeah going to go in and uh, Rich and I and, and the rest of the band, Rich's idea initially and we're going to add into this is we're going to document what we're doing, video, blog it, Absolutely. add episodes perhaps on Out of the Garage or, or you know, through One Ping only. And, and how do we as a band, you know, we're, we're part-timers with this, right? How are we going to build this? We intend to build a kind of an episodic documentary around what we're doing yeah. um, to just generate that, that extra yeah. buzz. You know, I, I'm a big... Rich has done the lion's share of the work when that it comes true, to promoting the marketing band. Yep. He needs to get, you know, we give him props all the time. But, you know, it's... Uh, it's you know, but we've the, gotten as far as we have. There's a signal-to-noise ratio nowadays, right? Where where you, you follow a band page and you just get spammed, right? Yeah. With just meaningless shit about the band that's not helpful, right? And we've focused really heavily on qu uh, quality. Uh, over of posting, you know, here's the new me. Oh, look at this. Uh, th this is a worthwhile thing. Go look at Spotify because, oh my God, we have 20 plus thousand views. Go be a part of that, right? Or now with um, creating this new material, um, having something to show people, here's what we're doing. Here's the process we're following. And, and we don't have, you know, the, here's the thing too. We don't have any delusions of grandeur. No. I don't right, think. Right. I mean, I don't. No, I mean, no I know, I, don't, I put in the work, but I'm putting in the work because... At the end of the day, I just want somebody, anybody, to hear us. Mm -hmm. right. That's that's the goal. And just maybe you might make some connection. And it might be just like, you know, um, yeah, I I know what you're talking about how uh, you can be you can be in a relationship and yet feel so alone. Yeah. Or or you know, I I. I I've felt that same level of, of frustration about life where it feels like everything around me is broken or um, you know, it, those types of ideas, you know, that, you I know, see why you're the one writing the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, you know, I'm just, I just want 
that's all I that's my only goal for one ping only is and I and I have this right on our web page and every time I, I talk about it our goal is to be heard that's it just to be heard you know and um, and if somebody hears us and some idea resonates with them not you don't have to buy a song you don't have to you know you don't have to do anything just it's nice to know that maybe some idea or something happened that resonated with you yeah, and it spoke to you absolutely. just even for one moment in time. But hey, it would be super cool if you came out and saw us at April on April 27th. April 27th at Sylvie. You know, yeah, I, I just, you know, yeah, yeah. throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, uh, July, July 12th. July 12th at Frank's Power Plant in Milwaukee. You know, come and see us live. We're, we're, a, we're a dynamic, fun band. We are, we are taking, we're taking the Midwest by Storm? A very slow, a, very, a slow storm. We're gonna, maybe yeah. like, maybe like a, a small <laughs> by, squall. Yeah. Yeah. By uh, a displaced oceanic we, uh, squall. By whammo water slide. We are taking <laughs> the Midwest. We, uh, you know, we started maybe. off too. It was like the first Gentle gig we had was uh, was a rib fest. Uh, that was awesome. We played four songs. It was so delicious. It was horrible. No, it was six uh, songs. It was four. Was it six? Oh. We don't think we had six songs at that point. <laughs> And it was, was just it the three of us. Four? It was me, it was yeah, me, I, Eric, and Jeff. I saw the pictures of this. And our yeah. harmonica player came up. For and a, us, and so. Cl- yeah, Cliff Mellon came in for a song. Yeah, that was fun. It was good. He felt motivated to jump up on stage. And this guy from the crowd just jumps up with a harmonica and plays. Well, he's a he's one. He's a musician. I've always, I mean, you know, looking back at that and seeing the pictures, I've always just felt like the one thing that OPO has going for it that a lot of these amateur bands getting out of the garage don't have is we've just consistently grow. That's it. It's not been like. Rocket to the top, you know. It's it's been more like just keep doing it. Well, and don't that's what, stop. And that's my yeah. and that's my that's my other mantra with the band is like, just I, it's like every year it's just like, let's just set a couple of small goals for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Not like let's play the United Center, you know, or something ridiculous. Let's just you know. So at first it was like let's play out at an actual place not at a rib fest you know and then it's like not in a neighborhood like, right right party. not at a neighborhood yeah. party right. let's let's yeah. play at you know a bar and so then you get a bar gig and then it's like stage yeah in let, yeah system. in yeah. a sound system and right. then let's play you know let's try to play three times in the year or let's try to play you know once a month or let's you right. know and then it was let's try and write an ep and then it was or record an ep and then it was um okay We've played these stupid suburb places. Let's try playing someplace in the city, yeah. you know, and and slowly migrate that way. Just and keep t- taking steps. Yeah, it's direction. like it's yeah. like little small steps, and just keep moving forward. And and I think that what keeps us together is the fact that we keep making incremental steps, so it never feels like it gets stagnant, and we're just going, what are we doing, mm-hmm. right? Totally. So like this year, it's going to be this year. I think is going to be the LP is what it looks like. It's going to be the big thing. We're going to do eight nine songs. The LP is going to be titled The Purveyors of Dive Bar Rock. I've already got an artist designing the album cover, mm-hmm. which, uh, is awesome. and, which is awesome. It's really cool. It's kind yeah. of a Frank Miller Sin City kind of look to it. Nice. And, uh, and, you know, and it's kind of like, it's kind of what our, what our goal is, is like to be the purveyors of Dive Bar Rock. That's, is that music kind of written already, or just seeds? Most of it. Most um, of it's written. Um, uh, we have a couple pivotal, of very, very important songs that are currently being written for it. Um, man, I really dug what we were working on last night. We need to go back and... I don't even know what you're referring to. That's the funny part. That's what's what, depressing about it. No, it's... Uh, we'll talk about it later, but... When, it, me, when you were... 
when you were rhythming no. and I was just riffing? No, or? not that one. It was before that when we were. Uh, you were trying to put fit, fit words into it. You stole words from another song and tried to. Oh no, it. no! I stole the music of another song and was putting words into then it. Then you know the one I'm talking yeah, about. Oh, don't I fuck, do. don't yeah, forget yeah, 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 yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know that. one. Okay, yeah. good because it sounded hot. No, it's it's that, which is nice too when you have your own music and we've written something like me and Jeff. Oh my have God, something like a huge catalog. 45, 50 songs or something like that at this point. When I rejoined the band, my head spun, man. I'm like, wait. I had, we I remember the practice I don't know maybe three or four practices and was like I know I'm back for good I'm gonna stick with it right I, I sat the whole band down I'm like you guys we need to focus fire like eight or nine songs for the next six practices so I know what the hell I'm doing because I, I was overwhelmed coming in I, like there's there's so much material and there's a lot of songs that uh, that, uh, that there's like, a lot of songs on I'd the like shelf to record quite frankly yeah. Uh, yeah. so that we have them one of my regrets uh, from past a band, original band iterations is basically, yeah, we, you know, you had music, but it never got properly recorded. Uh, you know, some was never even played live, uh, but, uh, but it's like, oh, that was a great song, and I've got nothing. Uh, you know, <laughs> I've got not, no, a memory. Right, but, but there's, uh, you know, no tape, no, uh, not, nothing's been done with it, and uh, we've got some Yeah, it just, it just resides in our head. Yeah, exactly, and believe me, and then, uh, uh, you know, with that band uh, getting back together, hey, we're gonna just get together and uh, try to play some of our old tunes. Oh my God, talk about it's like uh, birthing <laughs> or something. It was so hard because between you know four guys or whatever trying to remember uh, all this uh, all this stuff, really really difficult. Of course, we're talking about music from 20 years ago, and yeah, yeah and, and there's no real re recording no of it and there's no reference point so it's tough but even the ones that we did record it'd be like what the heck was uh, how did we play that you know so you're yeah. listening to it and you're trying to kind of figure it out but but we've got some great songs that you know really should be memorialized uh in a, in a fashion like that i think too so you know, I, I mean <laughs> and i'm I, it's funny i have kind of a, a different my own angle on it which is you know i'm really looking forward to hearing what we sound like next year you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, and I get, I, I, I'm not, yeah, I, I appreciate the, your point of view me, on the, it, but the two aren't in conflict. Yeah, I, I'm just, I don't have that, right? So. You know, I didn't, I didn't play in a rock band any well, years ago. I, you know, I played classical music, and right. well, it's part of the creative process, though, too. Again, uh, if uh, if you're somebody, well, if you're somebody like me or like uh, Rich, I'm assuming, uh, you know, there's a personal, you know, you made the music, you know, you wrote this, you know, or you wrote this together or whatever. And, uh, and there's so a, there's a lot there's of stuff. A personal ownership of it that's just kind of like, boy, I, I you know I I really want to have that. Uh, and you know, and in me the and fashion that I'm talking. About. Me and Jeff have maybe a little bit different view of that because there's lots of stuff <laughs> that I've that I've written that I wish I could forget. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and totally and and but although sometimes I'll go back to it and I'll pull like a line from it. You know, it's like, well that you know I'll take that little piece there or that little riff there. You know, and I'll and I'll take that and I'll do something else with it and let it grow. But um, but for the most part, you know, I, I think that the best stuff that we're doing is coming. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I, I the stuff favorite. that we've done in the past is not that I'm upset with it or anything. I just think that the future is is more interesting yeah. at this point because because our sound has evolved so much, and I'm just interested yeah. to see where we're going. I, d I don't disagree with any of that. However, however, as somebody that like listens to like. As somebody that was, say, a, a fan of your band or uh, was listening to music, uh, you, you, this is very common with the band and with musicians themselves. It's like, oh yeah, that that you know that was us three years ago, and you know I'm kind of done with that or whatever. But a lot of times it's like, yeah, but uh, people that love your band, 
They're not aren't. Jeff, let me tell you something. If we ever if we ever get to the point where someone in the crowd is disappointed that we didn't play an older song from our catalog, that's basically that's basically we've we've fucking made it, dude. That's like that's like the point where you suck it up like the Eagles and you play the damn song. You know, like okay, okay. You know, like you know, if we ever get there, I'm thrilled. It's more a matter of like to you know record it like. Well, when we're on stage, we have we play some of the older ones that mm-hmm. are, are gems, and we mix in the new ones. That's kind of I think how we've been going. Well, yeah, I mean, as you know, and what we've kind of targeted, yeah, I think this year has been you know for live music, two hour sets, so that we can do an hour break, hour fill up, you know, two and a half, three hours time on a booking, and we're basically another, there. There's plenty of. Older we're basically songs there. You know, it's it's it's, it's like real that. close. Um, and that just gives us that's that's more of that. You know, we're weaving new things into the old. And I mean, once yeah. we're done with this actual album that we're writing right now we're gonna have two hours of, of music easy oh, yeah. original how long are your sets usually 45 minutes to an hour yeah, i mean little showcases you know where you're on the you're on the list with the you know three other original bands yeah. right you know we uh we had a gig though where we played two sets with another band that played two sets i remember that and, you two know, different sets yeah two different that was the night sets, the cubs won the, that was the night the two, cubs won the each. national league championship yes yeah two each and then uh, you know so it's like one you know us other band us again other band Kudos! Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, it was kudos. Yeah. That was a two-hour long. That was a shit show. No, it wasn't. A, At the end, enough, I was too uh, hammered to be playing. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's tough. It's tough to play one set. Rich, Rich well, yeah, has like, Rich. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Rich, Rich has this. Guys. You need, yeah. and, and as far as but Rich, we had enough tunes to fill two separate sets, all original. We weren't repeating any any songs or what, uh, whatever. Well, so I was really proud of that. I'm like, yeah, this is great. We've got we've got enough material. Well, that's it was good a good, good learning experience. Live, it was know? a good learning experience because we all, you know, you get to know each other a lot better when you're in a band over time and. We all learned that Rich has a spectrum of alcohol consumption in which, <laughs> at zero, he's good, right? His solos are great, you know, everything's fine. But then there's, like, this green zone where, you know, and I, I don't know the exact alcohol content here, but after a couple of beers, it gets into, like, this special zone of much better, right? Like, inhibitions are gone. He's, but then there's, like, the cliff. There's the cliff part, right? And I have it, too. In fact, I won't, I won't drink alcohol within an hour of me singing. Like, my pitch starts to waver. Um, and and I, I just it drives I just me crazy. That you're encouraging people to use substances. To make <laughs> I thought we were in a rock and roll band. Isn't I that implicit? That Isn't that implicit yeah. that we're Everyone in a band? The best music. In the <laughs> Nirvana. Uh, I mean, come I on. Go, really. go through all the when I to local band, when I managed a local band, what what Nate uh, is talking about there. That's exactly mm-hmm. that I was uh, what I was uh, watchful of or trying to get with the band that I was managing. It was basically like, okay, when do you guys go on? Okay, you can start drinking X amount of time before the set. <laughs> right. And uh, and and you uh, were looking you know, and I would, yeah, and I would be no, like, I had... and Adam, you can't drink any more than that before we go on, <laughs> so that then you guys are going to be in the perfect zone. Well, now, you won't I, be totally I, sober. I, but I learned my lesson you know, early because I was in, I, my my uncle. My uncle on my wife's side, he's in a, a very successful cover band, uh, Dyslexic Funk, and I was kind of a guest, special guest for them a few years back for this Halloween thing that we were doing, and I went down, it was going great, but I way overdrink for the second half of the part, part of it, right? And I remember, I remember looking out at the stage, or out at, at the crowd, and, and realizing that I'm, I'm way past the point where I should be holding a guitar in front of people, but the whole room, the whole room was so drunk, nobody cared, you know? And... 
And I remember uh, looking back at the video, looking back at the video, we we did Everlong, like a a cover of that, you know, and I looked back and I'm like, oh my God, I was on the wrong fret the whole damn song. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, that's it. That's it. That was the lesson, you know, where you learn. Because I I was playing clarinet professionally. Like nobody goes and drinks before they go and play Mozart. No, that's not a thing. You know, it's in... In this scenario, you're waiting to go up there, you're drinking and having a good time, and it gets out of hand, and I'll, I'll never forget looking out there, and this moment of clarity in the drunken haze, and we've all had one, right, where you're like, oh, oh God, shit. I'm way past any type of point of recovery. I should not be, I should not It was way too late, this. you know, you're just, okay, own it, and I remember, I was watching the video after with my brother-in-law, and I, he's, he's watching it, we're watching, man, you guys sounded great, and we're both looking at it, and we both saw the, the mistakes that I was making, and we both look at each other, and just close the video and we never we never spoke of it again you know like we because he was telling me how great i sound and then we're watching we're like oh my god that's horrible Woo. okay click deleted you know what's funny though is like that's funny though too is that like it seems like i don't know i've got this thing where we we do a we'll do a set and then you know we'll record it i'll and i'll walk off stage and i'm like oh (laughs) you know and then and then i go back and watch it i'm like oh Oh, hey Uh What happened? That wasn't so bad. Why in my head does it sound so much worse than Rich what it has, actually... Rich has a personal aimed disparagement problem. Rich, um, Rich is, uh, he's Rich pretty is hard on himself. He's harshest critic and our harshest critic. And, and, uh, and yeah, I'm quality assurance. Yeah, that's a, that's what every pessimist guy. says. Every <laughs> pessimist says they're a realist, but not all of them no, can I, be I'm right. quality yeah, assurance. Right. I'm just making sure... Yeah, it's he's just, right, though. We'll, we'll, get done, uh, we'll get done with a performance or a practice. Some will be like, yeah, that sounded pretty good. Except Rich will be like, oh, that was terrible. And the rest of us will be kind of like, oh... That's actually yeah, lyrics of a song I'm working on that I haven't shared with you. Is, uh, is every every if pessimist calls themselves a realist? I think ah, oh, that song sounded good. Right. Yeah. I was a drummer. I played so, well. I, I knew <laughs> I hit my notes well. Or if Rich is playing a song, he's like, ah, oh, I think I nailed that. I bet you at the end of the day, he's like, oh, that went well, right, guys? Yeah. yeah. You look good as long the as there were no serious flubs, yeah, yeah, yeah. from everybody else. Well, that's a good point too. You'll well, it's a good take. We have a nice balance in the band. I think it's it's. We're all critical enough of ourselves that there's no need for anybody to really get in anybody else's face on a day-to-day basis, you know. And it's 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 just holding ourselves accountable makes that easier, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. There's tension sometimes. That's yeah, but that that really comes out of the studio more than anything else. I think that studio, the, the time in the studio, our first time in there. I mean, I was going in with a lot of insecurity in my voice. I had never really sung professionally before, especially into a nice microphone, you know. And yeah. and where then you have to listen to it over and over again and agonize over you know every little thing you screwed up and we learned a lot in those couple of days in the studio i think and and i'm really really looking forward to our next chance because it was so engaging but it's also so hard and and rich and i had a had a fun argument in the middle of it of course you know and it's in retrospect a lot of that stuff you're just not going to face again because you've already dealt with it you know we know we know the resolution we did fight, but I don't remember about what. You know what it was? Is I was having a lot of trouble. Oh, this is on... funny that he remembers what we fought of about. <laughs> no, well, no, because it led to me making changes, right? Um, that's the biggest thing. I'm, I'm big on this is making mistakes is one thing. But if you don't change anything, you, you're, you're worse than making a mistake in the first place. Yeah. So uh, we went in there, and I was really struggling with the rhythm part on Deep Space. Um, and oh, and it was right. what it was was fatigue. I was tired. I wasn't you know. And and, and looking back at it, Rich and I got into it because I was frustrated and I was looking for for some assurance that yeah we're fine. And Rich wasn't giving it to me. And and we, we just kind of went at each other. And I walked out and um, had a cigarette and everything. And we kind of yelled at each other a minute. And then maybe twenty minutes later, it's like you know what we're good. I uh, I went home, 
for a week. I hammered the crap out of that whole song, came back, hurt myself in the first take because I'd overpracticed on the retake. But eventually, you know, we got it together. And it, it's a learning experience. You know, it's, it's the studio lays bare any deficiency that you can't hear. It's hard for me as a vocalist singing and playing rhythm guitar. Uh, it's really hard to hear if I'm flubbing it. Because I'm so focused on where am I standing, how am I singing, and everything else. That's my primary focus because I'm, you know, I'm the singer. And it's, uh, the studio made it so embarrassingly obvious where I was lacking in guitar. Of you get better, though, too. Yeah. Right. yeah. I spent more time practicing in the two or three weeks between those two recording sessions than I ever have. I hurt myself physically doing it. Um, I had to retake along for the ride that part. I had too much string noise initially, so I had to go back and re-record oh, it. I forgot about that. You know, in, in, in the studio, Jeff caught it, and we didn't pay attention because we were in the middle of our little spat at the time. And then I went back yeah. and listened. I'm like, oh, oh my, my God, God, this is horrid. You know, so I went back and I re-recorded that. And, you know, that sound of fingers sliding over strings. And you, you know, know what? Live, you don't, yeah, you don't you catch it, you know? But yeah. uh, I'd say the other thing about the recording process is, is uh, it really demands an attention to detail. Uh, and and again, I, from my perspective, the way I look at it is, is like, hey, this is permanent. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, this is it. This is it. If people say, oh yeah, what did you sound like? And, and you go, oh, I'll, I'll send you a file or I'll give you the CD. And if it's not, uh, and if there were uh, mistakes or things that now we look at, it, oh my God, because again, I already went through that with a previous band where mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, we we recorded every flipping song too fast, yeah. uh, or you know, or. But at the time, it was just like, ah, just for, you know, move, let, move on. We only got so much time mm -hmm. and forget it. And, and, you know, I was probably a pain in the ass with these guys. It's like, no, don't move on because you are going to, we're all going to regret it yeah. when it's done. And we put it out there and we give it to somebody and they'll say, what, what's that weird noise on that song? Yeah, but there's, you know, there's a still, certain point you where know. you can't keep going no, no, down I'm that path. You know, it's, you, I know you're, you're not and we're going to find that, we're going to find that balance. You need to find the right balance right. between like, just lay it down and move on. And the other part is, uh, as far as I'm concerned too, if, uh, if you own it, if it's your own music and you're owning it and everything, don't necessarily just, uh, oh, uh, this producer or this engineer, don't put it in their head. Just be, oh, he'll be fine. He'll take care of it or whatever mm -hmm. because yeah. they might not have the same uh, level of ownership. Uh, same, same level, level of vision. Of attention, vision, vision. I think that's loving the care to it and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like, uh, you, know, you know. You know, that reminds me. On the me. CD here, I have the credits down as being produced by us with, the guys that we were working mm -hmm. with but it wasn't just the guys and it wasn't just us it, it was both so you guys did work with producers on no no well, it, it, it's no and that's actually what's really has me excited a, a producer credit that's why i'm excited about recording at zips now i mean even with the one song that um your problems um you know he was you know not to to disparage mark or anything at all i thought he did a great job with with rep but it's there's a level of involvement when there's somebody acting as a producer and it's very difficult for us as in the band to act that way, right? We're not, we're not the impartial ear that, that you need right. in that role. Um, you know, I, I, it, yeah, and it's, it's tough. And, and especially... So Zip, Zip is a musician. He's got yeah. his studio at his place. Um, it's a beautiful studio, actually. It's really, really nice. It is. He's um, got a great ear. Great, and he's got a great ear. And um, he's not afraid to come up with, to you and go, you know what? You should add a little something there. Mm -hmm. It needs a little something. I, he goes, he'll, yeah. he'll be like... You know, I'm not exactly sure what, but you know, try, do a little something, right. and that caused me to do all kinds of. He because of that, he caused me to do all kinds of different things with the track that we re, we recorded with him, 
and going back now, what's funny is that now I do all those things when we're live mm -hmm. that I didn't do before, and um, and it and those really things made, those things made the song better. Yeah, it made it made the song better, and that's that was that's why I liked working with Zip is because he's not afraid to go. You can make this a little bit better. You know, here's an idea. You know, so, so is he a producer part time or is he just kind of doing it for you guys? Uh, I don't know what his is, well, story no, of I, life is. He's a friend yeah, of ours. When I say yeah. when I say producer, I'm not talking about. A, He's not well, making money guess, doing uh, it. Uh, yeah, it's I just mean, a hobby for him. He's got a home studio. He's got his own basement studio down there. And, right, right. Uh, he plays in like four or five different uh, bands. He's done a ton of recording of uh, different bands. So he's more than an engineer. Let's put right. it that way. Uh, which is why I thought, ah, oh, we should just put this down as uh, produced by uh, the band and, and by these other guys, mm -hmm. Mark and Zip, who helped us out because that really was kind of the role. But, yeah. Well, but Rich and Nate are exactly right with what they're talking about. You want somebody that's uh, giving good suggestions like that that actually help uh, help make it better. And then on the other end of the spe the other end of the spectrum, uh, again, the band itself's got to be involved enough so that you're not uh, uh, so you're not just uh, oh yeah the producer will take care of it and then ending up not liking what uh, comes out of it. So mm -hmm. it's a ba it's just a balance. Engineer, it's a balance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. engineer, producer. Right I'm just looking forward to doing it again. To be honest with you, I mean I felt like coming out of that experience we all were closer and we did we were playing yeah, better coming out of it fun. than we were That's before true. especially the songs we recorded came out really well mm. i'm nervous because you always start with the bass and the drums and i remember the one of the first well, songs we did the only song we did at zips i was like not retake not retake after maybe three you know what four, though I, I could tell everyone was starting to i'm okay with off. that and and you know i i i and feel like that, that i feel like my biggest role in the studio for the times that we were in there was reassuring anyone who felt like they needed a retake that it was okay to do a retake. Like, and I was really focused on that. Like, I would, I would, I, actually, the best thing though, Eric, was when you took when you took the two takes of "Ain't Dead Yet" mm -hmm. and told Mark that he had to splice them together. Yes. And, and the the guy, the engineer guy, was like, "You want to do what?" And because the song's got this, the song's got this change in it. Yes. And he's like, and so and so Eric's like, okay, the first half of that song went on that take went really well yeah, yeah, and then right, the yeah. second half of that take went really well yeah, we so I want two, that two I want takes. that second half and I want that first that and I want to put them together and he's like you can't do that well yeah you really? can well yeah. but then, <laughs> yeah you can well, so you, guys, you guys usually do like full song takes you know what we're still kind of going back and forth on that I mean I, you know we, did, we'll, we'll, yeah, we laid a we foundation lay track foundation. we laid down a foundation track and then we would go back and we would you know, put the layers over it. The top of that. And the big takeaway for me on that was, you know, with because I was trying too hard on the vocals on the scratch track is what ended up happening. So I wasn't paying attention to my rhythm part, and that's what ended up, I think, resulting in going back on two two rhythm parts and redoing them. So I feel like there's a lot of efficiencies we're gonna have the next time we go that's in. A, that's um, a part of the learning process. You know, and I'm, yeah, that's and why I'm excited to do it. I can't wait to see how much more we can get done having gotten over these initial hurdles. And right? I still have that. And I still have that. That. 60s garage rock belief, you know, the Louie Louie belief oh, that this guy that uh, it <laughs> should be done. Maybe. It yeah, should be, it, be you do it, yeah. You do <sighs> you do the entire song with one take, no, no, no going back and putting other tracks over it. You do it in one take, you're done. The not, life, not necessarily that you do the song it. one time, you know, you might do the song a bunch of times, mm -hmm. but but doing it all as one full complete yeah, song yeah, because you'll you, click. And then they'll be that I'll magic. tell you what, as if I don't have you a hard that, enough job fitting yeah. a rap song's worth of lyrics into a blues song, yeah. and playing the rhythm guitar part, yeah, and putting feeling into the vocals, and Eric 
you know, and Jeff all getting it perfectly. Now we're expected. I, this 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 was actually an awesome text blow up we had a few weeks ago over methodology believe, of recording. I still believe in it, I and I, I get it. I I think though that the form in which that fits is live venue records. That's yeah. where that fits, right? Instead of going into a studio and trying to hit a live venue record, just take recording gear to live venue and record everything until yeah, we get one that's magical. That some of those great recordings were done in a studio. Yeah. Yes, well, that was because of technology, technology limitations, not because of some artistic choice. It was, it was because it was analog. They didn't have somebody to cut the tape in that particular case or something similar. I mean, so you had to analog the record. The practice is to, is to record the tracking. separately. Ah. The vocals, especially, is, you know, <laughs> you know I, this 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 is the fun arguments having, you get into as a band when you care is is the methodology and 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 I agree if we ever actually capture some magical perfect recording in a studio, dude, keep it and we'll just use that, right? But the odds are so high though; it's like I feel the miking of it like it's tough to aim at. Is a challenge in and of itself. There are, there are technical challenges to it of, uh, of capturing like a live uh, vocal that's not bleeding over into other tracks. Well, we just need to do it right, and that's that's the other thing is venue control. Like just recently, I picked up a new mic. I got a Super Deluxe Fifty Five because I just think it's so cool looking, and it sounds great. But a lot of venues I expect are going to be like, dude, I'm not dealing with hooking up your mic for your set. Just use the one that's already on stage, you know. So it's yeah. there's there's these uh, these situations like, for example, we we've really had a great experience, I think. Uh, at Heartland Cafe, also previously known as Redline Tap. Mm-hmm. We're really developing a relationship like there. I have a feeling the next time we go back there, I'm going to have no issue doing whatever I want at the soundboard, and we can actually get some really good recordings. Yeah. Whereas in Penny Road Pub, where we've, where we've gigged there, they have five bands rotating out in five hours. Nobody's going to dick around with your, with your mic. Penny Road Pub. You know? Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to be like, oh, this guy has Everybody's his own been to Penny Road Pub, vocal, <laughs> vocal effects yeah. processor, you know? No, nobody wants yeah, to but deal here, with it. Here's the, here's the real question. Did you ever play the basement at Penny Road Pub? Because that sucks. It's that was horrible. It's, it, it is tough. It's a tough. That was terrible. Well, no, dude, yeah, that, that's exactly. that's our inevitable play to the Why empty room. Oh, no, he's nobody's down there, dude. That's the problem. My problem is that it's crushingly loud. So <laughs> sound guards are listening. There's no need to pump the volume to eleven in these little spaces. Keep it at a reasonable level. Oh my god. Please. It hurts the ears. Don't jump. Too often. Don't jump up and down. You'll more hit the More that, jumping. The sound guys make the sound just too loud for the crowd. Try not to stand behind. Well, you know that's that that venue down, down there. The post. I think it's, the post. Yeah. I think downstairs yeah. is typically heavier rock type type gigs down there at Penny Road, and I think that leads to that. Type yeah, they of have a lot more cover bands upstairs than they do yeah. original mm-hmm. stuff, but occasionally. And we've played the we've played the the um the main stage at Penny yeah. Road, and it was great. Um, I yeah. think. Really, I don't have any complaints about any of the venues we've played at. It's just, in general, if you want the control to do like a live recording mm-hmm. sound with the mics that you want to use and the levels that you feel comfortable with, you need to be at a venue where you know the guys, where they're comfortable with you. Because if I'm the sound guy, and I've run sound, you know, um, if, if you're the sound guy and some random band is like, hey, undo all of this for just our set, and they're, they act like special snowflake divas... It's not going to be tolerated in most right. cases, right? So you kind of have to have... Well, it will be tolerated if you give the guy some cash, he'll do it. But that's grudging toleration as opposed to, oh, I like this guy and he's friendly right. and we have a relationship. Right. And I, I see your point, though. I, I do make a point part of the reason why we get relationship. Well, part of the yeah. reason why you feel like we have relationships with these guys is because we're giving them money. Well, too. yes, that's part, of the, that's part of the gig, man. That's, you know, throw a 20 to the sound guy at the end of the gig. That's part of, the, that's part of it, you know. And The last gig that we had at, at Red Line Tap was ridiculous because, I don't know, we, we got a lot of people there. We got, like, I don't know, 18 people, people there. Mm-hmm. Jeff got a lot of people Jeff people got, got, Jeff 
had a lot uh, of people there. I had people. I had a lot of people there too. Um, yeah, you guys got to start bringing people. Yeah, well. Um, but uh, but we so we had. I mean, we had a good showing. Had a good cross, um, yeah. And and it was like, but the but the it was like there was that comedy show that happened before us, mm-hmm. and it was like five bucks a head, and uh, and so at the end of the night, the the guy came up to me and he gave me like he gave me what. Twenty it's like bucks? $27. No, I don't think it was $27. No, it was $27. I, I remember because you looked at me like $27. Like, how did it get to We got like a quarter of what we brought in. Um, and I was like, because he shared it with like the, the comedians the and stuff comedians, like that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, now look it. I don't expect to make any money on these gigs. I don't care right. if we make money. That's not what it's about. You know. You like, money for the people you brought in. Though. Right. Well, I mean, I brought the people there. You want me to bring people there, right? right. Because that's going to get me to have another gig there. Right. That's and that's kind of the way that this works. You know that. You know that's what they're Mm -hmm. looking for ultimately. But at the same time, it's like, man, if you're gonna, you know. So I we just took all that money. I whatever it was. Gave it to the sound guy. I just gave it to the sound guy. Like you know, this is your money, dude. You know, there's that's an interesting topic uh, as far as how do you get people to gigs? We lug we lug five thousand dollars worth of equipment to get paid twenty two bucks. I don't know. Well, that's 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 an interesting part of this because you know yeah, you your, our crowd we're 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 older men we're we're older men and frankly most of my social security circle is not interested in being out at Saturday night at eleven thirty to come hear my rock band play in the middle of downtown Chicago it's just the way it is I remember when I was in Rabidus you need a, you need a different social circle well no when I was in Rabidus I was in out of Palatine I was in this heavy rock band called Rabidus and they had no issue getting people out because it was all this huge Polish community of friends that like to rock and roll together and play metal together so every gig we had 60 people there you know and, and Polish metal oh dude it was great That's I awesome. remember my first night walking into that practice I had, I had met uh, Hubert good friend of mine um, you know previously and he had invited me to come play and I walk in and Adrian the bass player walks up to me thick Polish accent and hands me a bottle welcome to Rabidus you drink and he hands me this <laughs> bottle and I, it didn't have a label on it and I'm like oh it was moonshine and, and I, it quickly so became dangerous. it quickly yeah. became clear to me what kind of band I was in and I lasted about a year before I was like dudes I can't I can't hang I can't make it uh, I, I you know I, I have a family and a child and, and I got places to be that aren't drunk at one two o'clock in the morning in Palatine on the floor so but that's kind of the issue we're having which is you know most of the people who like our music they're not going out to these types of gigs in the first place you know so that's something we have to figure out as a band is what does that mean for us? How do we how do we motivate people to come out? Do we just throw money at them? Will that work? I don't know. <laughs> that would probably work. You know, I I, I, I don't know. I just I I don't know if I agree with all of that assessment. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, and, and that's true. They're like, for example, you know, Jeff has a social circle. They go out and drink regularly. Um, I just don't, which makes it difficult for me. You know. Right. That's fine. We're I, working I, it out. I found it hard because I, I like to go to Legends for the blues jams. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it's like. They're on Monday Monday nights, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, I usually have a couple on the weekends already, so it's like, Monday, I don't want to, I'll already be out until 2 o'clock in the morning just getting up most of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, yeah. if I get there at 10, I'm probably going to have five beers before I get on stage. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm like, all it's right, really got the blues. Go and sit here by myself. Yeah, blue's my thing, so. Awesome. I was out record store shopping today, uh, record store day today. Mm-hmm. I got my, uh, I got, I picked up uh, Bo Diddley's best of record store oh, day nice. special. Nice. So yeah. yeah, I was uh, in Gary Clark Jr. I picked up a Gary Clark Jr. Yeah, he's exploding. Gary I love Clark him. Jr. Exploding. Yeah, exploding. He's good too. I mean, I, I tell you what, uh, have you heard? Have you heard yet? I'm gonna throw this one out at you. Um, 
there's a guy, and it's a band, but sometimes it's just a guy, called Rain Wolf. Dude, he's so good. R R E I G N Wolf. Uh, uh, take a listen when you get an opportunity, and it's kind. It's like, I I I refer to him as kind of like, what he's doing is kind of like the next step beyond like the Gary Clark Juniors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's a little um, more raw. Uh, you know, like if you took, if you took, uh, Jack, not Jack White now, but Jack White, you know, when he was, you know, towards the end of White Stripes, when he was really getting raw, like he, he, Rainwolf was going just a step past that. Okay. And, uh, and it, it, you know, there's, it's amazing. He is just a, an amazing guitarist and he's like a, almost towards Mississippi Delta kind of stuff. Or? No, no, it's, I mean, it's rock. He's, it's yeah. rock blues, you know. Okay. But it's um you know it's uh it, it's really um and he's just an amazing performer. There's this great YouTube video of him, uh, and it's raining. Is and, he uh, is he like pretty popular these days or? I I don't know that anybody know. I don't. I ran into him off of some stupid. I saw him on like some stupid TV show, and I was like, who the hell is this okay. guy? And so uh, I went back and found and. and Where's so, he? At? Do you know where he's out of? Uh, Seattle, I think. Seattle? Yeah. So, but um. Um, really, really great stuff. He's really starting to inspire me. Um, you, you pointed him out to me a few months ago, and I've been—I don't know that we've talked about this. I listen to him almost every day now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got. I don't it's know. just the He's way a, he, he carries have that himself. Much stuff. He doesn't have much stuff even out on like. There's a YouTube video of him playing um, "Are You Satisfied" in the rain, pouring down, and just owning the shit out of it. I mean, even the drummer, you see him hitting the, the drums and like waters everywhere, you know, and he's just covered. Like set up or it just so happened to rain that day? It, I think it, 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 just, it was a festival in Atlanta and it rains. And, oh, and, okay. and just the way he owns that performance despite all of these struggles in the middle of it really is inspiring to me. I really enjoy watching that and, and that's the kind of energy he stands. Yeah, he that's the kind of energy I want to bring drum. to a stage. The bass is, drum is like upright and he's standing on the bass drum. Yeah. Uh, through like the beginning of the performance before he jumps off of it, it's really it's a great performance. It's neat to see him play live, like the way he is exploring the stage and stuff too. It's pretty cool. But no, yeah. and I'm working on that a little bit with our stage presence, and, and you know, it's it's yeah. it's tough to get out of that stand here, make music, right. look at the floor, you know, type mentality, especially when you look out there. And I mean, I've certainly gotten more comfortable. I've been performing on stages my whole life, but this is a different animal. You know, this is this is much more focused. There's only four people up there. I'm in the middle, and of course Jeff has some songs where he's lead too, so he's feeling the same thing. Where it's like, there's a lot of eyes on you, and you just gotta forget it, you know, and you just gotta get into what you're doing. And I think we're getting there. Um, you know, it adds appeal. A, yeah. a band that has like some thea- theatrics to it, whatever you wanna call it, the singer who's just getting into it and leans mm-hmm. over. What was that one band we saw at uh, at uh, oh. Chicago Loop? I don't there was a lot of theatrics going on yeah. in that one. What was, remember that they there's, had like they had like everything choreographed and it was like there's okay, a line, man. There's we need to find where <laughs> we need to find where we they fit had that in woman basis. Yeah, and you were like you were <laughs> Jeff, 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 texted, Jeff, Jeff texted me. He's like, hey man, they got a woman basis and she's pretty hot. And then we got there and it was like, oh my god, no, no. <laughs> oh. no. This is not hot. <laughs> the, the, the pictures looked uh, better than. There's know. a fine line yeah. between, like for example, I think for example Freddie Mercury, Mercury is probably the greatest frontman that ever lived. Age. Right? I think he is. I think the way he owned the stage and his presence, but not everybody can be that. And there's this line where 
It looks you become stupid. a parody of yourself, you know yeah, what I mean? You like, can't look stupid. And that's what I'm trying to find right now from from my perspective is where where what are we what are we going to look like, you know? Theatrics was the wrong word. I just mean that beyond you're talking st- about playing you're talking and staring at the floor. Yeah, however right. you want to put it, but the band who's doing more than just playing and standing in one spot mm-hmm. adds value to the performance and it's more interesting for people to participate and, and well, it'll draw more people in, right? Less it's like the show's yeah. really engaging and fun yeah. for them. Yeah. I was but you have to you have to do that thing. You have to be genuine at least you don't want to you don't want to do yourself a disservice by whatever you're doing. Public service announcement. Be aware of your headstock location Nate, during stage shenanigans. Doing, you need to start doing some stretches and calisthenics so you can do a David Lee Roth thing. I mean, that's what well that's what I'm kind of saying is I there are moments where I want to do one thing or another and I find myself starting to move but in Rabbitus I became very aware of the space of where my headstock was. Cuz I got I got biffed a few times. Now no, and and I we're garage I've, rock, man. We're, it doesn't feel right, man. And and I have considered. I mean, I could certainly get. <laughs> I could I could certainly get you know wireless ear and, and mic and then you know uh, you know guitar wireless. But I can't help myself. No, um, it doesn't feel right for us. You know, it just doesn't feel like the right look. I would feel like a boy band yeah. walking around with with the the headset on just isn't. Oh my goodness! Uh, no, it was, it was good. Good. We're all gonna die! This has been one thing only. That's yeah. right. On, uh, our new fan. <laughs> Still got a behavior. Wasn't it a behavior? Questionable behavior. Do you guys have any dates you want to plug real quick? April twenty seventh, starting at eight p.m. Yeah. Sylvie's. Downtown, that's in Irving Park, Irving right? Park Road. We're supposed to hit the stage around 10.30. 10.30 will be on. That means you have to get this podcast out. And then, July, and, then, and then July 12th, Frank's Powerhouse, Milwaukee. July 12th. All right. Be there. One ping only. And uh, check, out our, only. check out our EP. One ping only band.com. Check out SoundCloud. All of it. All of them. Everywhere. Get our Facebook page. One ping only with the new EP in deep space. Check them out. Right. Thank Have you. a good one, guys. Thank, Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>